Welcome to the Communication Lab. In today's episode, I will be reading the free e-guide called Turning Defensiveness into Connection. Thanks for joining me. Turning Defensiveness into Connection. I stood up so fast that I knocked my chair over as I slammed my hands on the table in frustration. My husband was at it again. I was fuming and I grabbed our latest credit card bill and threw it at him. Yeah, not one of my finest moments. It is a great scenario, which I will elaborate more on below, that shows what happens when one or both spouses are communicating out of defensiveness. Defensiveness can show up in many different ways in relationships, and here are just a few examples. Blaming, justifying, pulling up the past, making excuses, criticizing, name-calling, ignoring and shutting down, blowing up. I'm not proud to admit that I've done each and every single one on that list. Defensiveness is toxic to a marriage and any relationship for that matter, and the results of this is a growing disconnection in the relationship. I don't know about you, but disconnection with my spouse is not enjoyable. I long to feel connected, seen, laugh together, and be able to talk about anything, no matter how difficult the topic. I want to feel like we can work through any challenge together. I'm Julia Woods, coach, trainer, and founder of Beautiful Outcome, a coaching company focusing on helping couples learn to see and understand each other, even in difficult conversations, so they can spend their precious time laughing and enjoying life together. I have something incredibly powerful for you in the following pages that can dramatically shift your communication. I invite you to pull up a chair, silence the distractions, and enjoy what I've put together for you. Before we get to that, for those of you who may be wondering, I've been married for 32 years to my husband, Jeff. We have four children and two grandchildren. One of Jeff and I's favorite things to do is spend time together cooking, talking about our day, or enjoying a connection ritual we call sundown, where we enjoy the sunset and some charcuterie. It wasn't always like this. We have known and experienced the despairing loneliness of disconnection, and we have also experienced the life-giving fun we have when we feel connected. You can experience this too. If you're ready to turn defensive interactions in your conversations into ones that connect you, I am so glad you're here and cannot wait to help you do that. So let's jump right in. Most of Jeff and I's conversations turned into defensive battles to be won. And while we could feel at times like we had won an argument, we were actually losing our ability to laugh and be playful in life together, which are two of our top shared values in our marriage. One of our biggest areas of defensiveness and disconnection was in our conversations about finances. I grew up being the middle of seven kids working hard for the things I wanted. And my husband was an only child with divorced parents who loved giving him the things he wanted. As you might imagine, once we got married, saving money was highly important to me and less of a priority to Jeff. In addition to the differences in how we felt about saving, staying within the budget was a high priority for me and my husband saw the budget as more of a guideline. We fought over and over. It robbed the joy from more evenings and weekends than I would like to count. 
The tension inside of us was high every time we sat down to pay bills or balance the numbers. And 99% of the time, those conversations ended in butting heads and shutting down. And even though our salaries kept growing, the defensiveness and our inability to have productive conversations were blocking us from reaching our financial goals. We kept blaming each other as the problem. Jeff believes believed I was the problem because he thought I was controlling and didn't want to enjoy life. I believed Jeff was the problem because I thought he was frivolous with money and didn't put a priority on savings. I was sure we were stuck living paycheck to paycheck until my husband changed his ways. And he was sure we were trapped in a world where everything was always about money until I would let go of my tight grip on our finances. Round and round, our defensive arguments spun like a broken record. These arguments left us feeling so disconnected, it was impacting every area of our relationship. We would commonly argue about the credit card statement. I would go through it and find random purchases Jeff would make, often for himself, that had not been budgeted for or discussed. One of the things I love about my husband is his physical appearance and style. He is a sharp dresser and always smells amazing. And while I loved the pride I felt being in public with him, I despised the anger and distrust I felt when I faced the credit card bill. I tended to respond in one of three ways when going through the credit card statement and often would bounce back and forth between all three of these reactions. I would sulk pout and withdraw as I thought about how frustrating my situation was and how powerless I was because I couldn't seem to get my husband to change his ways. I would decide it wasn't worth the fight and I would take the money that was supposed to go into savings and pay off the credit card bill. I would ask him to never do this again and then blindly hope that next month would be different. I would go off. I would rant and rave about how selfish he was and how unfair his choices were. I cried, screamed, and literally threw the bill at him to try and get him to see how mad I was in hopes that this would get him to change. And the following month, it would start all over again. The problem was that each month we were slowly getting more and more disconnected and our defensive reactions were gradually getting bigger. We both felt more and more alone and hopeless. This went on for years. And then in 2016, I was working with my transformational coach, Dan, on some things I wanted to grow in myself. During some of our coaching calls, I shared my frustration about Jeff and I's financial conversations. I was complaining about how lonely I felt in trying to reach our financial goals. Dan asked me if I was aware of what I was contributing to the disconnection in Jeff and I's financial conversations. I was shocked and even slightly offended by the question. Couldn't he see that Jeff was clearly the problem in this? Why was he asking me to look at my contributions? Was he not seeing how hard I was working to make sure Jeff and I were set up for financial success? Could he not see that I was the disciplined one and Jeff was the one lacking it? The gift about my conversations with Dan is he was committed to what I said I wanted. I had told him I wanted to feel connected to Jeff and like we were partnering together to reach our financial goals. He believed that was possible and was inviting me to the path that would stop the defensive conversations and create 
the connection I longed for with my husband. The problem was, I thought I was already on that path. But what I couldn't see was that I was on a completely different path, one of defensiveness and blaming my husband. I couldn't see that my path was actually a loop that kept taking me to the same destination of deep loneliness and disconnection. I had hoped that Dan would validate my belief that Jeff was the problem. I thought that if Dan could help me see that I wasn't crazy and that clearly Jeff had some issues, that somehow it would give me power to actually get Jeff to change. I wanted him to tell me I was right. The problem is, if you want to be right, welcome to loneliness. While being right and blaming someone or something else feels good in the moment, it robs us of the power to actually create change. As long as I wanted to be right, I was stuck having the same repeating defensive conversations with Jeff over and over again. You would have thought that I would have gotten a clue after 20 years of having these broken record conversations and seeing that no matter how hard I tried, I had no power to change Jeff's choices and actions. Nope. I kept trying to use one defensive reaction after another to get the result I wanted. I was blinded to seeing that blaming Jeff was the cause of my growing loneliness and our disconnection. The conversations with my coach Dan were uncomfortable as I kept trying to go back to blame. His commitment to keep inviting me to responsibility helped me to see what I couldn't see about how I was contributing to my own anger and bitterness, which ultimately was getting in the way of connecting with my husband and partnering together to reach our financial goals. He kept reminding me that I have no power to change someone else and that I am 100% responsible for my defensive reactions and bitterness. These life-giving conversations with my coach helped me shift from blaming Jeff to taking responsibility for myself. They literally changed my life, my marriage, and it has been the key to Jeff and I reaching all the financial goals I had thought were impossible. Now, before we go on, I want to check in with you. Is finances an area of disconnection for you in your marriage? Maybe you're the one feeling like your spouse is controlling the money and taking the fun out of life. Or maybe you're more like me and feel like your spouse is working against you, trying to reach your financial goals. Or maybe you and your spouse have a completely different area where defensiveness creates disconnection in your conversations. Would you take a minute and think about a specific topic of conversation with your spouse that tends to lead to defensive conversations and then write it in the blank below. The topic of conversation I feel the most defensive and disconnected from my spouse is. As you read our story, I invite you to use it as context for turning the disconnection in the conversation you and your spouse are having into connection. I'm going to use a diagram I adapted that helps me whenever I find myself getting defensive in a conversation with my husband. I personally have this saved in the photo section on my iPhone so that I can visually locate where I'm at 
and clearly see where I want to go in seconds. It's like having a map at my fingertips. If I can locate where I am and find where I want to go, the path to get there is so much easier. The defensive triangle. Let's start with what I call the defensive triangle. Earlier, I shared the three reactions that were happening for me when I would see unexpected charges on the credit card statement. These are reactions we all have. I use each point of the triangle to represent a different defensive reaction. The victim, I am small. My first reaction was to feel powerless or small as I saw Jeff as the problem. On the diagram, that looks like this. The moment I saw Jeff as the problem, I was a victim in my mindset. I saw my ability to produce the results I wanted as impossible until Jeff changed. This is a miserable feeling. I felt empty inside, alone in my suffering, and worst of all, helpless. That is the automatic outcome of the victim mindset. The rescuer, you are small. My second reaction was to do what I thought I could do to resolve, fix, or make the problem go away. Each month, I would tell myself that I needed to figure out this big, huge financial issue, which is the next location on the defensive triangle. I was the rescuer. I saw Jeff as weak and too undisciplined to clean up the mess he had made. He was small in my mind, and I was the big smart one who would need to figure this huge issue out. Wasn't I so amazing? What I couldn't see is that by fixing the problem, I was setting him up to do it again. I was the one paying the price for his choice and rescuing him from paying the prices associated with his choices. I was enabling the very thing I said I didn't want. I couldn't see it. All I knew is it gave me momentary comfort to feel like I had once again saved the day and deserved the Wife of the Year Award. I was so superior in my view of the situation. I was big and he was small. The persecutor. I need to make you small so I feel big. I sat seeing myself as the superior one in my situation and Jeff as the incapable one. I grew more and more angry, bitter, and resentful towards him. I felt so unseen and alone. As all of this built up, I automatically found myself on the third position of the defensive triangle. I gave myself full permission to be the persecutor because I saw Jeff as the one getting to do whatever he wanted to do while I paid the price. That's literally what was happening because I was setting it up that way. Being the persecutor can look a lot of different ways. What I would do is shut down and not talk to him. I would get angry and explode. I would hit the table, cut up the credit cards, throw the bill across the room. Cue the dramatic music, please. What was happening for me was when I could not control Jeff, I felt powerless, unseen, and ultimately, felt small. I didn't like that feeling. So in order to get my power back that I had given away, I would minimize, blame, and criticize Jeff so that I could feel big again and in turn make him feel small. As I yielded my power, I momentarily felt like I was back in control. 
My persecution didn't last long because I would feel guilty about how I had treated him, so I would then bounce over to the rescuer role again. I would decide it was okay to go over budget and go to a nice dinner or something that I knew would make him happy. Then I would be mad that we spent the money and find myself back in the spot of being victim. The defensive triangle has a vortex to it. Once you're on it, it has a suction that doesn't easily let up. And no one wants to be miserable alone. So we invite the other person onto the triangle with us. We each choose a position and take turns bouncing from one position to another, defensively dancing around the triangle. To get a fuller picture of Jeff and I's dance on the defensive triangle, let's look at Jeff's positions. How Jeff showed up as victim. When the credit card bill came, he felt guilty and ashamed. He saw himself as small. He shamed and beat himself up. He blamed himself and felt powerless to change. When he wanted to have fun and spend money, he saw himself as powerless to me and the budget. He felt like he didn't have a choice, that what he wanted wasn't possible. How Jeff showed up as rescuer. When he saw how hurt and betrayed I felt by his choices, he saw me as small in my despair and thought he could rescue me from my frustrations by buying me nice things. He saw himself as enjoying life more than I did, and so he wanted to rescue me from my misery by booking nice hotels and restaurants for us to enjoy. How Jeff showed up as the persecutor. When I would go off on Jeff, he felt small, so he would shut down. He would often stay that way for days. Stonewalling creates feelings of abandonment for the other person. When he felt small or like he had no power to buy the things he wanted, he would give himself permission to buy things by manipulating situations. He would mention something he wanted in passing, and if I didn't say anything, he took that as my agreement. Being honest about this dark side of ourselves is not easy. It is the things we would rather not admit about ourselves as humans. And yet, as we start getting to know our whole selves, our ability to manipulate, control, play the victim, use others for our own agendas, and hurt the ones we love, it's pretty shocking. The gift is that once you can see your dark side, you have the power to transform it. You can't transform what you can't see. The more we live in denial about the nature of who we can be when life isn't going the way we want, the less power we have to choose who we want to be. The goal is to have our nature more than it has us. And this isn't possible if we're unwilling to honestly look at ourselves. The more we get to know ourselves, the more we can get to know our spouse and the more connected we'll be. We become a support to each other in discovering ourselves. The less we know about ourselves and our spouse, the more this defensive triangle has us locked into bouncing from one point to the next. Jeff and I could bounce inside the defensive triangle for hours, days, weeks, and years. As we blamed each other, we saw ourselves as victim, stuck with no way out. It is so exhausting and lonely for both people. You cannot see and understand each other when you're blaming, rescuing, or treating your spouse poorly. It is so clear to see now, but when we were in it, it's much 
harder to see. Now, before we get to the good stuff, I have one little bit of bad news. The defensive triangle is default in our DNA. By nature, the moment something isn't going the way we want it to go, we automatically look for someone or something to blame, and our spouse is the easiest of candidates. Our defensive reactions are a mirror of blaming someone or something. I would love to take a minute and invite you to check in with yourself. What are you discovering as you read about how the defensive triangle works? What are you discovering about your dark side? Share your thoughts in the section below. Taking time to reflect and look inside our thoughts and feelings through journaling is how we begin to discover our dark side. And remember, getting honest with ourselves is where connection begins. Okay, okay, no more bad news. It's time for the good news. There is a way off the defensive triangle and onto what is called the connection circle. Ready for connection? Connection begins by viewing yourself and others as valuable and worthy. On the defensive triangle, we see ourselves as either above or below our spouse. It's a nasty game of power plays. I can't connect with someone when either they are way above me or beneath me. Connection begins when I can see the other person beside me. Each human being is valuable and worthy. Each human has the ability to create something new. If we can stand shoulder to shoulder, seeing each other's ideas, desires, and experiences as worthy assets for what we want to create, we can connect and partner together. Connection starts with each person standing in their own value and worth, which then allows them to see their spouse's value and worth. The relationship I have with myself sets the tone for every other relationship I have. So however I am relating to myself is how I will relate to my spouse. What my husband and I couldn't see is that when we are defensive, it exposes that we're not grounded in our power to bring about something new, even when things aren't going the way we want them to go. When I stand in my value and worth or my ability to make a difference for others and fully show up, I become a vessel of connection and new things are possible. Let's take a look at the connection circle so we can see how this plays out. Ownership. I am valuable and worthy. My coach Dan was inviting me to take responsibility for my contributions in two ways. First, what was I contributing to what I didn't want? And two, what new ways would I need to contribute to get the results I wanted? These two questions are the most important step in moving off the defensive triangle and onto the connection circle. It looks like this on the diagram. When I take ownership for my actions, reactions, responses, attitudes, tone of voice, and the things I say or don't say, I can see which ones are taking me to what I do not want and which ones are taking me to what I do want. Jeff and I had spent a lot of time trying to do that work for the other person, but it doesn't work that way. The only one who can take ownership for their actions is the individual themselves. I refer to ownership as our backyard. It's like Jeff and I's marriage is our neighborhood and we are next door neighbors. He has his, 
fenced backyard and I have mine. And just like it doesn't work for me to try and do work in his backyard for my own backyard and vice versa, it doesn't work in real life either. If we want to have a beautiful neighborhood, we must each do the work and take ownership for our own backyards. In order to do this, I must connect with myself. I must see myself as valuable and worthy in order to be willing to get honest about what is in me that I would rather not admit is there. By asking myself questions about how I contributed to the defensive cycle we're in, I can see what I want to grow and mature in myself. When it came to Jeff and I's finances, I discovered a lot when I started looking at myself. I noticed some contributions I had never seen before. I began to notice that I had an unhealthy relationship with money. I noticed how often I felt emotions like dread, anxiety, and an overall sense of scarcity around finances. I noticed that in all the years of waiting for Jeff to change, I had never created an action plan to get to our financial goals. Because I saw Jeff as the problem, I told myself once he changed, then I would create a plan. Do you see how this keeps me a victim of my circumstances and a victim to Jeff? As I took ownership and got in my backyard, I knew I needed a plan. So I made a very specific plan of action. Here are a few of the items I listed. Interview three financial advisors and hire one within three months. Limit our credit cards to one business and one personal. Create a new budget based on the last three months of actual spending. Through this ownership, I could see that there was work I needed to do on my own, like look at my relationship with money and managing it. And then there were things I needed to invite Jeff into so that we could partner together. I will admit, I was pretty nervous about this step because my mindset kept wanting to take me back to being a victim and seeing Jeff as the problem. However, I stayed committed to the future I wanted with him and in our finances. This brought me to the next step in the connection circle. Request boundaries. You are valuable and worthy. In order to move to the next spot on the connection circle, I needed to believe in Jeff's value and worth. I needed to give him the space to show up in new ways. As I believed in the possibility of standing shoulder to shoulder with him, I shared my action plan. I asked him what he thought about the plan and if he was willing to walk it out with me. And much to my surprise, he said yes. I could hardly believe what I was hearing. I remember saying, seriously? He said, yes, why do you think I wouldn't want to do these things? He said, it all makes sense and I think it would help us a lot. I said, well, it hasn't ever seemed like you wanted to do these things before. To which he replied, you have never asked me to do these things. Touche. He continued on. You have only been asking me to stick to our old budget, which I hadn't ever thought was a realistic one. I knew he was right. I had decided that in order to get ahead financially, it would first require him to stick within our tight budget. And every time he failed to do that, it gave me permission to not take another step forward. As we began walking out the steps I had laid out, some powerful things happened. 
The biggest one for me was learning how much I had been wrong or blinded to when I had been focusing on Jeff's backyard. As we worked our way through interviewing each of the three advisors, each one said the same thing. You have a very sound financial portfolio, which was something we were not expecting to hear at all. You see, years ago, we had invested some money in stocks and Jeff's role was to manage them. And we had also purchased a rental property and my role was to manage that. For years, we'd been minimizing each other's area of investment. I would often roll my eyes when Jeff would talk about how he was working on our stocks. And Jeff regularly told me I should sell the rental property because it was a waste of my time and energy. As we put everything together for the financial advisors, I learned that in the previous 10 years, Jeff had 10 times the money we had invested. Jeff was able to see that our rental property was actually worth a lot more than he had realized. Advisor after advisor each said we had both done very well and together we set ourselves up for long-term success. Wait, what? We had already been reaching so many of the financial goals I had thought we could never reach? Jeff and I could both see our own and each other's value and worth in ways we hadn't before. A lot changed in both of our minds over those three months of working together to complete the action step. We saw the power of ownership in major ways. We reduced blaming each other and we were feeling connected in our partnership in a way we never had before. We created a new budget and began working together to stick to it. Success! Well, not exactly. Our 20-year-old patterns were still there. Even though there was more money in the budget for the things we enjoyed doing, we still found ourselves overspending. Did you notice I said we? As I took ownership for myself, I could see where I also went over budget at times. And while it looked different than the ways Jeff would go over, I was willing to be honest with myself and Jeff about my contributions. As we worked through financial conversations, at times, we would jump back onto the defensive triangle. However, what is different was now we knew how to get off. And while it took us longer than we wanted sometimes, we eventually would find our way to the connection circle. Creating something new in our day-to-day -day management of the finances brings us to the final point on the diagram. Negotiate. We are each valuable and worthy. Connected partners negotiate, and this is often a new skill set for many. When we choose to negotiate, we see each other as valuable and worthy. We believe that each other's desires, feelings, and concerns matter. Negotiation requires that both parties continue owning what they want and need. When one member makes a request, the other party has the power to renegotiate. Together, they work to find a mutual step they both agree to follow through on. A great example where Jeff and I renegotiated was when he found a jacket he loved, but unfortunately its cost was well beyond what his personal clothing budget allowed. He owned what he wanted and made a request to go over and laid out his plan for paying for the jacket. I wasn't in agreement with the length of his payment plan, so I renegotiated a different time frame. He liked that, and we literally shook hands like partners. We had a good laugh about our goofiness. He bought the jacket, and there was no tension for either of us. 
He felt great in his ability to advocate for what he wanted rather than manipulating to get it. And I felt great knowing I wouldn't be surprised when the credit card bill came. We walked out of the shop holding hands and talking about how respected we both felt and our appreciation for this new approach. It is amazing what can happen when we turn defensiveness into connection and the progress we can make as a team. Just last week, we needed to set new financial goals because we had reached all of the ones we had set. Now, do we partner in finances perfectly all the time? No, and we aren't looking for that. We still find ourselves on the defensive triangle often. This will happen because we're human and defensiveness is our default. The goal is to improve our speed of noticing we're on the defensive triangle and move to the connecting circle while increasing our ability to flow through the positions for deeper connection. You may be wondering, how do we do this? I'm improving my speed of moving off the defensive triangle and onto the connection circle through what I like to call my playbook, which is continually growing and evolving. I'll explain more about this in the playbook section that follows. For now, here is the completed diagram of the defensive triangle and the connection circle that I keep handy on my phone as a visual reminder. I would love to invite you to check in with yourself. What are you discovering as you read about how the connection circle works? What are you discovering about yourself and your relationship? Share your thoughts in the section below. What is the playbook? Transforming your defensive reactions. Your defensive reactions and tendencies to see yourself as a victim or the one that needs to rescue others isn't by chance. It is simply an automatic response coming from your limiting beliefs about yourself, others, and life. The great thing about your defensive reactions is they are indicators that there are limiting beliefs in there waiting to be discovered and be rewritten. Now, if you're like me, when I first started looking at my defensiveness, you are just learning that you even have limiting beliefs about yourself, others, and life, and you aren't sure how to rewrite them. I get it, and I'm here to help you take the next step in seeing and understanding yourself so you can have control over your defensive reactions and stop your part in the conflict with your spouse. Rewriting your beliefs does not have to be hard, and it's vital if you want to feel deep connection with your spouse. The perfect time to rewrite your limiting beliefs is right after you have responded defensively. Let me ask you, what do you currently do after you respond defensively in a conversation with your spouse? Is what you do, does it lead to connection? Now imagine what could happen if you knew exactly what to do after you respond defensively so that you could understand your reaction and transform the belief that drove it. Can you see how this could change how you respond to your spouse and bring about connection? Do you see how it could change everything? I have laid out the three exact steps that you need to walk through in my Conflict to Connection playbook. It is laid out so that you can use it over and over like a practice you develop within yourself. In a short amount of time, you will find your defensive reactions being replaced with self-controlled responses that help your spouse understand and connect to you even in the most difficult conversations. Because you made it to this point in the ebook, I can see that your desire to deep connect, 
connect with your partner is big. And so I want to offer you a special discount to help you do that through my Conflict to Connection playbook. Here is the link that allows you to get the Turn Any Conflict into Connection playbook for just $19 for the next 48 hours. If you're ready to know exactly what to do to move conflict with your spouse to deep connection, you need the playbook. Click here to get yours. If you are listening to the audiobook, please go to your PDF to find the link in your uh, PDF version. If you have additional questions about this or other resources available, please email us at hello at beautifuloutcome.com. Thank you for joining me for this audio version.